0: Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Sharefire Local. Over 50,000 people have listened to Mark's podcast series specifically for home improvement businesses. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to another special edition of Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that I would encourage you to subscribe to, not just wait till it's sent to you. By subscribing, you'll have access to over 100 episodes on a lot of different topics and issues. This podcast series is supported by a professional remodeler, supported by many of the alliances that I interact with that are really there to try to help you integrate and improve your business. What I try to do is take different topics, topics that are relevant and thoughtful, and really give you an opportunity to take kind of a time out to really reflect and think about your business, not just do your business. Needless to say, we're in times that are unprecedented right now. We're in times that we literally went into this year and kind of hit a wall and started to spin. And as a result of certainly the health issues, as a result of the economic issues, Uh, we're all forced, I think, to take a new look and figure out how we're going to navigate through these stormy waters. One of the things that I'm seeing out there, however, is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And I've been looking for this light for a while, for the last two or three weeks now, but I'm starting to see a little glimmer of light. The big variable is when, in fact, that light's going to be brighter and also how long it's going to take. In my opinion, We're going to see, I think, the next 30 to 60 days being really challenging for remodeling businesses. So the topic I want to talk about today, quite frankly, is not just a lot of spin on how you can get better and how things are going to be okay, but it's about a topic for you to really look in the mirror and uh, take not only yourself, but you're also your team to a place that you need to take them. And that is how to get your mojo back. Now, to give you a little bit of history, in the, in the Great Recession of 2008 or the crash, and soon after that, I was actually asked to give a talk to a fairly large group on how to get your mojo back. And I remember at the time being asked that, that why am I being asked that? It, it was the times that really created, I think, a dramatic change in people's mindset and how they were feeling and their kind of emotional and intellectual kind of intelligence about what was going on. It was that blend of those rational, logical things with all those feelings and anxieties that people were having. So in putting together the talk, and then since then, I've actually given this to many different groups and many different stages in terms of remodeling, recovery, and growth in the marketplace. I actually often oftentimes, to like kind of the Letterman top, top 10 kind of format. So I really set out on a journey to write a talk or create a talk that was wrapped around that. So as I think about this subject, I think the first question is, what is mojo? And this is something I think you need to think about yourself. What is that mojo? What is that X factor? You know, I actually looked at the definition. It can mean style, sex appeal, a magical charm or talent. Uh, and we hope you don't lose it. So it's something more about not having it just as much as having it. So I think that you know you have to say, okay, where did it go? I mean, we, we had the, the, the wind taken out of our sails literally in early part of March, and that mojo has been sucked out of us in terms of the phone not ringing, in terms of the clients not wanting. All of a sudden, even the the way our team and the way uh, our clients are looking at us just as much as a germ as they are an opportunity to create joy in their lives. So it's very hard, I think, to all of a sudden feel, uh, feel that love and feel that mojo that we were having, I think, in many companies at least, early part in 2020. So, why is this important? I think it's important, I think, for leaders, especially, whether it's with your family, it's important in terms of your, your team. It's also important, as it relates to certainly your clients, to really have that mojo. It's important to be kind of the voice of reason, the voice of calm, so to speak, to actually be the person that you're you're, uh, looking to the future, not necessarily just today, in terms of what's happening out there and how we can be better. So my top 10 ways of getting your mojo back That I talked about a long time ago, and I want to take you through kind of that journey. I'd encourage you to write down these top 10 yourself, actually add one or two if there are ways that are personal to you or that you're certainly aware of. I'd love to hear about what your ways are to get your mojo back. And I think uh, by looking at it and really focusing on as many of these 10 things as you can, you'll be shocked at how it will change. It'll change how you think about things and how you feel about things. And ultimately, that change in that behavior and that mindset will create, I think, better results. So the first one I have on my list was the kind of classic adage, misery loves company. And you've heard that many times. But I think this, when it comes to mojo, that's especially true. Misery loves company. What's critical, though, is that you need to choose not to engage in that you need to choose not to participate in that misery i think now more than ever we are literally minute to minute second to second tied into real world what's happening out there all the news is bad news i know in the crash of 2008 i stopped watching the news i stopped reading the newspaper and trust me when you stop listening to the news and you stop listening reading the newspaper you will know what's going on out there Because there's enough people out there that are going to whisper and tell you what's going on. You know, that misery, just literally that coffee machine, everybody complaining and talking and everybody's anxious, that misery is what's pulling you down. It's sucking you down. And I think the more that you choose not to engage, you choose to walk away from it, you choose not to uh, read the newspaper and listen to the news all the time, I think you're going to feel better. I remember a friend of mine won an Entrepreneur of the Year Award, and in his acceptance speech, and this was from a a time right after the crash in 2008, 2009, and he comes from uh, the Detroit area, and he said, you know, I understand that there's been a recession, but we chose not to participate. His business grew double digit. Coming through that recession while every other business dropped double-digit in his marketplace. I think choosing not to participate in terms of all the bad news and all the misery is one way I think you can actually tilt that scale a little bit in terms of trying to get your mojo back. This number two on my list is make a list. Now, this sounds kind of elementary and really simple. But this was actually shared with me with a friend of mine many, many years ago. And I do this on a regular basis, usually about every three to five weeks, I actually make a list. And in that list, I have what kind of things in my life am I thankful, am I positive about, and what kind of things are negative or or I wish were not the case. And I literally list all the things, both professional and personal, on the positive side and then list all the things on the negative side. When I do this exercise, typically every three to five weeks, I will find there's somewhere between 10 and 15 positive things and usually one to three negative things. Just by looking at that list and looking at the, 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 the scale of all the positives versus the negative in itself, literally like a switch flips, I think, this mojo uh, flip switch for, for certainly for me and others. Now, what's interesting, going a little bit deeper on that list, if I look at those negative items, those negative items, maybe I'm overwhelmed, or maybe I'm stressed out, or maybe I'm you know, not seeing the results in something that I wanted to see, or maybe there's a little bit of a cash flow problem, whatever those negatives are, two or three negative things. In very few cases, if I don't focus on it, I can move them at least to neutral, if not even over to the positive column. So what's interesting about it is it kind of follows this notion that you can make things happen, but you've got to focus on what are all the positives, what are the negatives, get your mindset correct, and then focus on moving the negatives to either neutral or moving them to positive. Number three on my list, and certainly this is a great time for this, having kind of the pause button and being sequestered, is focus on your health. Focus on your health. Focus on exercise. Focus on diet. If you're really thinking about it, you go on a long bike ride, or you go on a long walk, or a run, or you go, you know, on your treadmill, whatever. It's very hard to, I think, have your mojo. It's very hard to be super sad when you focus on your health. You know, when you're eating better, when your diet's better, all those kind of things. But if you say to yourself, "Okay, for the next 30, 60, 90 days, I'm really going to make it a priority. I'm going to spend an extra 30 minutes, extra 45 minutes a day," focus on something that relates to my own uh, physical and mental health, I think you will start to see, I think, this shift in terms of your mojo. Number four on my list, uh, and it's a little bit more conceptual, but I think it's important if you really spend some time thinking about it, and that's redefine what success is. You know, if you're out in the middle of a hurricane, middle of a storm, You know, it's not sunny day conditions, so you've got to define literally just staying dry and just being safe is success. So you need to, in the times we're in, at least for the next 30, 60, 90 days, redefine success for you. And the importance of redefining success, it'll have a dramatic impact on how you feel. So go back to those original forecasts and projections. Go back to those activities that you're doing during the day that you can't do uh, typically in an environment like this and redefine what would make this a successful day for me? What would make this a successful week for me? And if you redefine what that is and then you can start to measure it, you can actually reset what the success, I think, button is and then you will have a higher likelihood of not only achieving the success, but you'll have a higher likelihood of getting some of your mojo back that's slipping just from being disappointed because you're not achieving what the original goals were. Number five on my list was take control of your day rather than your day controlling you. Now, an interesting part of this is I've you know, been on different board calls and, and discussions with different leadership teams. One of the things I'm dramatically seeing over the course of the, next, the, the past 30 days is many people have lost control of their day. Now, what I mean by that, in many ways, it's the percentage or blend of their reactive time versus their proactive time. Successful people generally are in the 80% proactive and 20% reactive kind of category. That's what you do if you want to have control and, in fact, whether you want to accomplish the different goals that you want. What's happened, I think, in the environment is we've seen this dramatically. We've seen the air kind of pulled out, and we've seen this dramatically change. And we, I've seen it change from even 80% reactive and 20% ro, uh, uh, proactive. And because you have so much reactiveness in everything that's going on, understandably so, there's a fire. You're, but you need to start to move and shift that. You're not going to shift it overnight, but if it's 80% reactive and 20% proactive, move it to seventy thirty. move it to sixty forty. And if you can start to see that shift, what you're gonna see is kind of the light come out and all of a sudden you're gonna feel more control, but most importantly, you're gonna to start to feel your mojo coming back. Number six on my list is expand your comfort zone. Now, many of you've heard that in you know, business or training kind of speak, it's all about your comfort zone. But if you wanna get your mojo back, Think of this comfort zone. Literally, it's almost like a little rubber band that's wrapped around you. If you just expand it a little bit more, you're going to feel better about yourself. Whether it's expanding your comfort zone in doing something different, expanding your comfort zone by increasing uh, what you're trying to accomplish, spending a little bit more time on something, expanding your comfort zone in some new things. Maybe it's getting more involved in some of the Uh, Virtual virtual interaction with clients, but expand your comfort zone. If you can expand your comfort zone, you're going to say, "Wow, there's something new. There's something interesting. There's something innovative out there that I'm going to try to build off of as I'm as I'm moving forward." Number seven on my list was get little wins. Now, what I mean by that is, we all know those have involved in sales and marketing that the best time to get out and sell something is right after you've sold something. So what you want to start to do in redefining success and saying, okay, what are those little wins? If you can start to build on those little wins and not necessarily have these, these giant Mount Everest kind of goals and wins, you're going to start to get your mojo back. So again, think about this in terms of remodeling and remodeling sales. Uh, if you're used to doing 100000 $200,000 projects, then maybe what you want to do is say, you know, how about if I go get a $10,000? How about if I go get a $5,000 project? Because if you start to get smaller projects, smaller sales, smaller wins, so to speak, coming in, what you're going to find is those wins are going to not only change how you're feeling about yourself and feeling about things, you're going to find the next one you're going out on, you're going to see more uh, success. So focus on the little wins, whether it's related to sales or other things that you're trying to accomplish, uh, not necessarily uh, going for the juggler, kind of eating an elephant in one bite. All of those big wins are going to pull you down. Number eight is actually a kind of a special, more personal one. But I, you know, I think it's really one that, that is more meaningful, I think, for many of you a little bit more on a personal basis. So many years ago, as I put this talk together, I got up to number nine in terms of the list here, and I was kind of stalled. I couldn't come up with that 10th kind of way to get your mojo back. So I actually happened to be going on a trip. I set the presentation aside, happened to be going on a trip for a couple of days where I was doing a talk out on the West Coast. So I came back. I was tired 10, 10.30 at night. I was looking forward to kind of being with my family. My wife was on her computer. My, my son was doing video games. And when I drove up and walked up to the glass door, there was my dog. And my dog, Nikki, was standing there wagging his tail, so happy to see me. And immediately, my mojo started to come back. Immediately, I felt better. So number eight on my top 10 list was get a dog. And I'm not necessarily, whether you're a dog person or a cat person, but since I've learned more about this, the dogs actually lower your blood pressure. Dogs actually help you in terms of, I think, how you're feeling about things. And the more I've talked about this with other people out there, the more many people have realized and experienced that having a pet really is one of the ways, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling sad, matter of fact, in the times we're in right now, the amount of dogs... In adoption and certainly fostering and all that, there's very few out there right now because many people are realizing that now is a great time to get a dog. Okay, so getting off a little bit more of the personal one and go into number nine. Number nine on my ways to get your mojo back is an adage that I've certainly lived by. It's part of my Fit to Grow book. I encourage you to read this, and that is, if you give, you get. Now, giving, we all know, is probably a positive thing. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that there is a byproduct, there is a return on the investment. There's a return that you get if, in fact, you give. You know, what I used to think is, you know, I can train people to do different kinds of things. But at the end of the day, if you can get out and you can help somebody, you can speak to somebody. You can train somebody. You're actually going to get better at your own game by doing that. So number nine on my list, if you give, you get, you're going to get some of that mojo back. So proactively get out there and give more, whether it's to your family, whether it's to your clients, or whether it's to your team. And that giving is not necessarily monetary. It can be just helping them. It's training them. It's in giving, educating them on something. Number 10 on my list is. Don't keep it a secret. If your mojo is down, if you're in a funk, if you're feeling a little bit off, and many, many people are right now, don't keep it a secret. Be proactive in talking about it with relationships. I think we have a tendency to bottle things in and not necessarily talk about it. But just by not keeping it a secret that you're working on these different kind of things to get your mojo back, what you're going to find is people, your relationships are going to respond. They're going to respond in being empathetic, and they're going to be responding to you in terms of how they can or you can improve, I think, what you're trying to accomplish. So don't keep it a secret. Burn your bridge. Let people know how you're feeling about things so that you can, in fact, take your mojo to the next level. So, you know, I I really love this little adage I heard many years ago that I want to share with you, and that is it's kind of an enthusiasm formula. You know, knowledge, knowledge instills confidence. Uh, And that confidence is what creates the enthusiasm. And then ultimately, that enthusiasm is where your mojo, it's where your excitement, it's what ultimately what people buy from you. So the more knowledgeable and the more actions that you take when it comes to working on this, don't just wait for the mojo to come back. Take my top 10 list. Add more to it from different people that you know. Make it a discussion topic. Feel free to pass this podcast along to someone else that you feel like is in a funk and needs a little bit of extra help in terms of their mojo. So I want to thank everybody. These are crazy times. I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. That light is starting to be a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter every day. We'll work through this. It's just going to take time. So I want to thank everybody and thank all my supporters for this podcast series. And again, let's work on getting our boja back. Take care, everyone. If you liked what you've heard, take a moment to subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your phone using your favorite podcast app. It's available in all the major apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Go ahead and post in the comments what you learned and any questions you have from Mark, and he may answer them on an upcoming episode. Thank you again for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson.